Welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Each week, our hosts will be interviewing local, regional, and national business leaders to give you an inside peek into how they lead their business to success in the ever-competitive business climate. Welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Today, your guest is me, Lance Psycho, the co-host of Inside the Firm podcast, uh, I thought I'd do a special episode here. I found an interesting article from this hold, sorry, thisoldhouse.com. And its title is, Read This Before You Hire an Architect. Whether you're redoing a room or replanning a whole house remodel, an architect can be a sound investment. Discover personal loans unveils how to find and work with a pro who will help you accomplish your home goals. Does an addition to your family does a new addition to your family have you thinking of a new addition for your house? Has your home business outgrown your kitchen table? Or maybe you need to open your home to an elderly relative who can't navigate the stairs of your center hall colonial. The fact is, our lives change, but our houses don't, at least not on their own. If you want to stay in your home as your life progresses, you'll probably consider remodeling. Whether you're adding a bath, enlarging a kitchen, or doubling the size of your house with an addition, remodeling usually involves a lot of money, lots of planning, and often more than a little stress. It can also raise many questions beyond design and other choices, such as what tile to use in the new bathroom floor. One of these questions usually is, should I hire an architect? In this DIY world, often found on YouTube, by the way, as you're watching here, an architect is often seen as a luxury and can be a costly one at that. You can certainly complete a masterful remodel, even a large one without an architect's help. You typically can, that is, if you or your builder have a talent for design, if you have a clear idea what you want, and if you or your builder or someone you know can produce plans that satisfy your local building authorities. In all of these situations, you could get by without an architect. But then there's another question you might ask, do I really want to? <clears throat> So, levels of architectural design service. What sets architects apart from other people who design homes is that they are licensed by the states in which they, in which they practice. To obtain a license, a, an architect generally must earn a degree from an approved architectural program, complete an internship, and pass an exam. All of this ensures architects possess a high level of expertise about design, materials, and building systems. Like architects, architectural designers, some call, sometimes just called designers, have studied and practiced architectural design, some for many years, but are not licensed. They may work on their own or in an association with a licensed architect. Many builders off also offer home design services, and some offer the services of a dedicated on-staff designer. Design build firms offer both architectural design and construction services under one roof. Some are led by architects. Some have architects on staff. The other thing I'd like to mention too, and this is off script off from the article here is one thing I think a lot of homeowners don't understand. And maybe this is like me putting down the profession in a way, but it's just the truth is that you don't need to be a, you don't have to have a licensed architect in most states to design your home. It's just not necessary. I, I can't speak for California and New York, those places are, you know, always very bureaucratic and, and onerous and everything. But uh, that is one thing to point out. So back to the article here. A draftsperson puts your plans on paper. They can produce the drawings you will need to build, but usually only after the design is established. 
Like designers, draft, drafters often work alongside licensed architects or builders. You might consider any one of the above individuals to help you in designing your remodel. What many people, particularly homeowners planning just a few tweaks, don't realize, however, is how difficult it can be to adapt an existing home to meet new expectations. Architects are trained to see in the possibilities in every structure and are experts at translating those possibilities into detailed plans that your builder can execute with precision. Article goes on further, when you may want an architect. Here's how to tell if you want an architect or at least an experienced architectural designer. Number one, you have a problem with your house and you have no idea how to solve it. Maybe your laundry room in the upstairs hallway creates a traffic jam every time you open the door or you need another bathroom, but every square inch of your house is accounted for. In cases like these, a good architect can help you sort through the possibilities and come up with creative improvements that fit you your budget and your lifestyle. What I would add to that below point is the just examining that first sentence. You have a problem with your house and have no idea how to solve it. Uh, admitting you have a problem is always the first step, right? And so you obviously know if you have a problem with your house, but the architect you're probably hiring has decades of experience. Decades of experience to where even though they're, they might charge you a fee for the first set of plans, it might seem uh, very expensive to you. Understand that you're paying for all of that experience for, and, and th they're offering expert experience, right? So even though like that first floor plan, I'm just going to throw out a number, might cost you $1,000 and maybe it only takes them like two or three hours and you're like, holy cow, look how much they're making per hour. Yeah, but think about all the other clients they had before that where these people didn't really make any money. They probably burned way more hours than it took compared to now. That's what you're paying for, okay? Number two, you feel squeezed, but don't want an addition. Before adding to your house, a good architect will ensure you are making the most of all existing space. Even the smallest houses have often, often have underutilized areas that can be reconfigured and brought back into daily use. Sometimes what seems like a square footage shortage is really a circulation problem that can be solved with a few alterations. I agree. Uh, so to put that in perspective, my house, I just, I don't know why I, I haven't figured out, like had this number in my head always, but I finally do. My house is 3,402 square feet, uh, including the basement, the main floor and the upper floor. And in that we have eight bedrooms and five and a half baths. And if you take a look at my house, I think it's strawberry modern or something, just to look at our portfolio on there, <clears throat> you'll see how spacious it looks for a 3,400 square foot house. Um, I realize that's still a little bit bigger than the average. I think the average in North America, or sorry, in the United States is 2,400. So we're about 1,000 over. Um, but when you consider that we have eight bedrooms, five baths, th five and a half baths, the reason why we were we were able to squeeze all that in and while still feeling spacious, spacious is because me, the architect, architected the house. Um, so the other thing I would I have to say about that point too is that uh, what did they say here? Sometimes what seems like a square footage shortage is really a circulation problem that can be solved with a few alterations. Where did that square footage shortage problem come from? Probably a builder who had a draftsman who is not an architect with a ton of experience and has went through a rigorous uh, design school and busted their butt and put the 10,000 hours in to figure out and be an expert in space. Okay. Number three, you're, you're uncomfortable making 
building choices on your own. I think this is one of the biggest problems everybody has is that uh, it, I somebody told me recently, a uh, prospective client, that the average homeowner or person who's going to build their home will have to make three over 3,000 uh, decisions. That is daunting. So you're reducing the amount of information. Or you're reducing the, by hiring an architect, you're, you're going to reduce the amount of problems and decisions and choices that you have to make on your own because they're going to be making some of these for you, right? And then obviously getting your feedback. So Eric goes on to say, a major remodel is an intensive, costly process that requires you to make a lot of decisions on things you may have little knowledge about. A good architect serves as an intermediary and advisor who can help guide your project towards the best results. That's the I think that's one of the biggest values that is maybe underrated about the whole situation is, you know, we often have um, couples and we play mediator sort of between them and then... Uh, you know, maybe we take the husband's side or the wife's side or whatever partner side in one meeting and then the next side in their meeting. But we're really trying to look at it from a, we're looking out from you, we're looking out for you in the best ways in terms of spending your money in the most efficient ways, in terms of uh, not designing complicated spaces, you know, trying to have a very clear and clean, beautiful, timeless design. So let's see here. The next point is, so this is, what are we on here? We're on one, two, three, four, four. Your local building authorities require one. Uh, I'm so glad they pointed this out. In most communities, for most remodels, an architect isn't required, just as I said, right? But in others, specifically some urban areas, California, New York, you may need an architect or engineer to sign off on your plans. Check with your local building department to be sure. It costs you nothing. Well, <laughs> I shouldn't say that. You've already paid the tax dollars. So it doesn't cost you an additional anything to go down to your local building department, stop at the desk, ask them, t explain what you're looking to do, ask them if you're gonna if if a licensed architect is required. There's even some commercial jobs that you're not required, or yeah, like commercial and uh, industrial jobs that an architect's not required to do. Uh, so what was that? It was one, two, three, four, number five. You're remodeling a unique or historic home, changing styles or building on a complicated site. Maybe you want to raise the roof on your 18th century salt box or change your 1970s builder colonial into a shingle style. Or maybe you want to add a second story to a home perched on the edge of a cliff. When and where design is critical, hire an architect. So there is a certain level of expertise that comes into certain things just as uh, certain um, typologies, right? And I think that was this was an excellent example of you know, if if you're doing something historic, if you're in a historic neighborhood, if you buy a historic property, you're definitely going to need an architect to help you out with that. At least I I think so. Um, or if you're building on a very difficult site, right? Whether it's a, a a site a site with a very steep slope, or maybe the building the footprint of, that you can only build in is like triangle shaped. We encountered that on a on a project ourselves. It's called the Jazz House. You go to f9productions.com and look at our portfolio or Jazz House. That's exactly one of the reasons why the, that couple hired us. It was a very difficult site to design on. The constraints were ridiculous, but we made their dream house come true. Uh, what is this, number six? You're on a budget. It's interesting. This may seem counterintuitive since hiring an architect means one more professional you need to pay. And I can tell you that, you know, uh, on Friday's episode of Inside the Firm, episode 244, um, we stated some numbers in there. Um, 
there's architects that charge up to 18% of the total construction cost to design your home. There's other architects that charge maybe as little as 2 to 3%, okay, depending on... And that spread is all the difference between um, the, the, the amount of care, service and care that you're looking for, right? I think the people who are charging up to 18% are doing full services you know they're doing almost everything i mean everything from architecture maybe they're including the structural engineer the mechanical electrical plumbing engineers interior designers energy consultants and then after they finish everything then there's like a plans expediter and on top of that uh maybe they're doing construction administration meaning they are overseeing and kind of cross-checking the contractor's work compared to their design documents on behalf of the owner so that's the swing of you know how, how, how much these fees can swing. Back to the article. This may seem counterintuitive since hiring an architect means one more professional you'll need to pay, but a good architect can save you money. And this article is right about that. <clears throat> one way is through value engineering, that is devising a way to get you a feature you want at a lower cost. Uh, an architect might suggest substituting a similar but more economical building material to get the same effect. They can also steer you away from making mistakes in material or design that you may regret later and ends up costing you more money. I think the biggest thing that architects can do, and, and again, to, to LARP back on top of uh, the discussion and point about my house, 3,400 square feet, three levels, eight bedrooms, five and a half baths, super spacious. Everybody who walks into it thinks it's way bigger than it is, and it is not. So the biggest way we can save you guys, save people money is designing very efficient yet spacious feeling spaces we are experts in in space and then they there's a couple other i mean there's there's many reasons why but another one to, to talk about that they uh stated here i think is 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 spot on is uh value engineering so like devising a way to get you a feature you want an example of that that we get all the time is people see in dwell magazine or house.com or, or whatever uh they see these glass walls you know with the accordion style glass doors and everything very, very expensive. And what I end up showing and talk, telling clients is different versions of that that can achieve the same effect. Uh, for instance, again, back to my house, what we did is we did a, a 12 foot wide by by eight foot tall uh, sliding sliding uh, bipart door. So in other words, the two middle panes that are three feet and three feet each, they slide apart and then there's two fixed panes on the outside. And then, then, and I, you know, that is the most cost-effective solution that I found so far to try to get that effect of like floor-to-ceiling glass and the ability to open up your back doors to your patio and feel, you know, like the inside and the outside are blending together. And then the other thing that usually tips them over the edge for this example to steer away from those accordion doors, and we've done those accordion doors, by the way, is bugs. I haven't found a good solution for how to add a screen to those kind of doors. Um, but with the kind of doors in my house, you can have a screen. So I'm back to the article here. How to find a right, the right architect. Once you've decided on hiring an architect, you need to find the right one. You want, to, you want an architect who's not only skilled in designing the type of remodel or addition you want. You also want an architect with whom you'll communicate well and whose cost model works for you. Gosh, I'm so glad they brought up the communication part. If you, uh, if you have ever went to our website... Um, if you go to f9productions.com and you go to, let's see here, you go to uh, about, we have uh, we have nine principles. You know what? I'm just going to do it on the computer here. f9productions.com. And if you go to about and you go to uh, 
F9 foundations. We have nine foundational principles. And one of the first one, with the F4 is one of my favorites. It's communicate. Respond within one hour if possible. No one likes waiting in limbo. Respond to all forms of contact within one hour, even if it is to let them know you are working on it. Then give them a timeline of when you think the issue will be resolved. It is better to resolve problems early rather than let them bite you in the rear. If it is not possible to respond in one hour, then 24 hours is acceptable. I would be, look, I can't emphasize the communication part that it is so imperative uh, that you find an architect that honestly is on par with us. It is willing to communicate within an hour, if not within 24 hours. And that's how it works. Um, and that's how it should work. Like you're hiring a professional. Every attorney that I've worked with, every good one that I've hired, it ha- it has provided me that kind of level of communication. And it's huge. So uh, back to the article here. Ensure the cost of the architect is factored into your overall home remodel budget. Many people use and considered fixed rate personal loans to cover all or portion or a portion of project costs, including the architect. Lenders like Discover, for example, offer personal loans that don't require collateral, which means you don't have to put your house on the line to secure the loan. Plus, funds can be sent as soon as the next business day once you are approved and accept the terms of the loan, which is critical when unexpected project costs come up or you go over budget. Uh, to find the right architect for you, you'll have to do some homework. Home design magazines and their websites enable you to view architects' work often and often provide insight into the architect's general approach to projects as well as their contact information. Sites such as homeadvisor.com and house.com enable you to search for architects by zip code and you can narrow your search within with certain qualifiers. Um, the local chapter, your local chapter of the American Institute of Architects can also help. Many state chapters have membership lists on their website. I just want to make a point about the American Institute of Architects, though. We are not members of the American Institute of Architects. Um, they would, at this point in my life, have to beg me to be uh, in, in a member of the American Institute of Architects. I've never seen the benefit. Their contracts are scary. If you're, li- if you're a potential uh, customer of ours uh, or looking at another architecture firm, um, do not think that they need to be a part of the AIA that is just not part of part of the deal. Licensure, in fact, has zero to do with the American Institute uh, Institute of Architects. Back to the article. Once you've identified a few potential architects, take the time to visit their new website to view their portfolios and learn more about their practice and design philosophy. Final note: word of mouth is often said to be the best way best way to find an excellent professional. But beware, the right architect for your friend's project might not be the right one for yours. Think about it because. If they are, if you're, if they're, if they're an architect that just practices only doing modern architecture, and then you have a historic house that's like traditional from like the 1900s, probably not going to be the best fit. Could be, but probably not. To find out, you'll need to sit down for an interview. Exactly. Um, so, let's say you have looked on all these websites. Maybe you've tried Thumbtack.com. Maybe you went to Google Business. Maybe you have even went to the stupid AIA, um, or maybe you have gotten a referral from you know, your friend who hired an architect, they really loved him, whatever. Now, let's say you're, hire, you're interviewing all three of them, okay? The interview, back to the article. The interview, what to expect. An introductory phone call will enable both you and the architect to determine if the fit is promising and you should proceed to an interview. I 100% agree. I've been taking this approach a lot more now because uh, we are very busy and honestly, like the little projects we used to take on, I just don't think we can we can handle them anymore. 
Um, it's just not in anybody's best interest for that. So I've been doing like introductory phone calls, just trying to understand the overall general scope of what they're looking to do first before I schedule an in-person meeting, whether it's at our office or we head to their, their house or their property. Uh, back to the article, Ar architects generally don't charge for this time, which will be focused on whether the architect wants to take on their project and whether you want to hire them. Plan on interviewing several architects before settling on one. At your first meeting, you can expect to talk about ideas you have for the project, your budget, and timetable. You want to walk out with a good feel for what whether you can work with this person because you'll be spending a lot of time together as your project progresses. This architect will be looking for the same thing. Spot on. That is that one thing I say in almost every sales meeting <clears throat> with a prospective client is like we we this this is I need we both need to make sure that this is a good fit that our personalities fit well because we are going to be working together for several years and you will be living in what we designed maybe your whole the whole rest of your life so us being um happy that we're working together personality wise is super important uh let's see what to bring to the interview back to the article bring to the interview any inspirational photographs or plans you have for the project as well as any plans or photographs you have of your existing home please do and don't be afraid if you are quote-unquote, a bad sketcher. We don't care. We, we know, like, you're probably not a good sketcher. And if you're bringing even more to the table, you know, like, a, we have one of our best clients who, it's a $6.5 million home. We're actually going to end up building it. It's called the Trinity House. If you go to our website, you can take a look at it. Uh, they came to us with this amazing architectural model that they made. And it was, it, we were not offended. We worked with them, and it's going to be a, a really incredible house at the end. Uh, it's unlikely that you'll go deeply into the design details at this point, but visuals will help the architect determine if they want to take the job and if your budget is realistic to turn your vision into reality. So, last things here. What to ask the architect. Come to the interview prepared with questions to help you understand fully what you can expect from this partnership. These might include, number one, what is your design philosophy? Uh, you should already have a sense of this from your research um, but here's the chance to talk about the, the vision of the architect we'll bring to your project. Is there focus on sustainability, preservation, low cost? Whatever is important to you should be important to your architect. I agree. What is your process? Most architects follow an established path for each project, although that process varies a bit from firm to firm and project to project. More on that uh, later. Typical phases include initial consultation, preliminary schematic design, design development, document preparation, pre preparation bidding and negotiation, and construction administration. One thing that we've done, and if you're a prospective client watching this video or listening to this on uh, audio, is uh, we, about seven, eight years ago, we moved away from a written contract where it was just pure words, again, this AIA garbage, and moved towards a hybrid where part of it is written, only two pages, and the rest of it is purely visual. So it really helps people understand what it's like to work with us, most architects generally, uh, but... Uh, they maybe never worked with an architect before. And you know what? I don't think society and the general public would have these problems uh, of understanding what it's like to work with an architect, maybe if the AIA did their job. But they're not, so I'm doing their job for them. Uh, what projects have you done that are similar to mine? You want to make sure the architect is comfortable with the size and complexity of the project you're proposing. Uh, who will I be working with? If it's a large firm, you'll want to clarify who will be designing your project and who the contact person will be. 
Uh, do you see any foreseeable problems with this project? If you're dealing with a difficult site, a limited budget, or other complications, be upfront. How the architect reacts to these challenges will tell you whether they're suited to the project. I would flip that back on the people who are listening and are looking for an architect right now. The architect's also going to be looking at you about how you react. If you, if the ad architect is telling the truth, and let's say they they tell you that uh, if you come in, you you're wanting a three thousand square foot house, but they know the numbers and they know that you're only going to be able to afford a two two thousand square foot house. If you take offense to that, how is that their problem? Because they're just telling the truth, right? So it's kind of it, both both things happen here. This is a give and take situation. Uh, let's see. Back to the article. How much time will the design process take and construction itself? Be sure the architect has time to devote to the project and can bring it to completion in a timely manner. Remember, the architect can account for his or her time, but not delays caused by your indecision or a contractor's scheduling conflicts. Can the architect provide references, particularly for projects similar to yours? It may be even possible to view similar work they've done in other houses. If so, take advantage of that opportunity when you call references, ask specific questions. How did this architect save you money? How did he or she handle conflicts? Was the project completed on time? The other thing I would look at is obviously Google business reviews. Um, if you are a good business owner, and let me see here, and you have a good business listing, Google business listing, uh, or, or like you're on house or anything like that, and maybe you have nearly 66 five-star uh, ratings like F9 Productions does here, that alone should kind of handle the references part, I think. So like really take a look at, you know, their online presence. I think that says a lot about them. Uh, how will plan, how will plans be presented? Will you be able to view your product project on a computer screen in 3d or do they rely on paper? This is, this next sentence is what I would disagree with. Neither is an indication of a better architect, but if you're comfortable with one or the other, bring it up. It is an indication of a better architect. If you are if you are finding if you are interviewing these other architects and they're still scribbling on paper for everything, even their construction documents, and they're putting together um, models by hand, that is a bad architect. I guarantee we're better architects than those architects. It is 2022. We are getting very close to uh, technology, and um, <clears throat> as the tech the technology has gotten so good that even the kind of visualizations we we would spend literally hours or weeks on uh, back when I was in college in 2008 and it's 2022 now. So 14 years later, it takes us a matter of hours now. So we've condensed like five days of work down to four or five hours now. So you really should be demanding high technology from your architects because high technology couple, coupled with design, good design skills, that is the better architect. The better, the worst architect is the 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 one who's still struggling and, and sort of set back there in 1970. The other thing you really want to ask them is I think you should make sure that they're working in in a certain in certain CAD programs. BIM BIM uh, building information modeling. So the specific platforms I'd be looking for would be Revit architecture, R E V I T architecture or ArchiCAD. We don't use ArchiCAD, we use Revit architecture. Um, but I would walk away from the from that architect if I was you if they were using 2D AutoCAD, just pure AutoCAD, or they were drafting by hand. That is a bad architect. So I just got to disagree with that part of part of the article all day long. Uh, back to the article here. Will you be responsible for what? What will I will be responsible for? 
designing a major remodel is a partnership. Make sure both of you understand what is expected of the other. What is your fee? How is it structured? Don't leave the interview without a firm understanding of what the architect's fees are. That's crap. Uh, what they are based on and how they will be, you will be billed. I don't think it's fair for uh, an owner to come into a meeting and have an architect spitball a number for them on the spot, like a fixed fee number or anything like that. It's not fair because every single site is different. Every single building is different. Every single program is different. It is only fair to that architect to give them a day or two to think about it and, and sit down and, and figure out the numbers and how it works. What you can ask them and what this article is right about for sure is how, how and when will you be billed? Will you pay for all services at the end of the project up front? Do you pay half? Is it incremental, et cetera, right? Let's see here. Finally, so I'm going to make some comments about these architectural fees. I think this is always a funny part. It's like, what, what do people think architects should cost? Uh, so architectural fees in the article. Architects' fees vary widely depending on the project, the local economy, and the architect's experience or reputation. Fees typically range from 2014 to 830, $375 with an average of 526 That is complete nonsense. That is complete, absolute nonsense. So they are setting you up for some serious frustration from the get-go from this article. Complete crap. Um, so, but the, what they do concede here at, in this next sentence is your best gauge is to speak with several architects in your area about the cost of design about the cost of designing your specific project. This article is not a good indicator of the fees. Like I said, what they really range from, and it's it's wide, it's very wide, is anywhere from like two to three percent of a total construction budget to eighteen percent of the total construction budget. That's what you can expect for the architect uh, to be charging. And then don't forget, there's probably engineers involved with that too. A lot of design professionals. So there's a lot for you to wrap your head around and kind of corral at the beginning of this to understand. Hourly fees. Some architects charge uh, fixed rate by the hour. This is, again is complete nonsense. The typical range is $60 to $125. That's maybe in 20, maybe in, maybe in the year 2000. But think about how much money we've printed, right? We've printed 80% of the total dollars in existence in the last 20 months. It's now January 2022. And, and that's the truth. Like you can look it up. You could go back in a few uh, episodes of Inside the Firm and, and we'll go over that kind of those articles and everything. So inflation is real. Those numbers are not right. But just ask them. Um, I, that is one number I'm happy to give out upfront in a meeting is like if they ask, what is your hourly, what is your hourly rate to draft? What is your hourly rate for administration fees? No problem. Um, if you're uh, so then back to the article here, if yours is a small project and you already know what you want design wise and expect little back and forth, this may be the way to go. You may want to put a cap on the number of hours, but once you read that, reach that limit, you'll have to renegotiate. Here's the thing. Nobody likes to renegotiate because like it's so subjective. Uh, you, the homeowner's opinion about what it takes us and where, what it should have take us. Like we're not going into your job and telling you how to do your job. So I don't think it's fair to, for you to do that to us. Back to the article. If you're dealing with a firm as opposed to an individual architect, the hourly rate might differ based on who handles your project. If it's the firm's principal, the rate may be more than twice of that of a young architect or designer with only a few years experience. Right. Exactly. The, the rates get higher. <clears throat> uh, so here you go. Now they're a little bit closer. So the next paragraph is percentage of construction cost. Another method is to charge a percent of the cost of the project, typically between five bullcrap, like I said, it's two to three 
and 15% for new construction, again, bull crap, and 15 to 20% for remodels. It's not true. I'm telling you it's between 3 and 18%. <clears throat> Before they involve dealing with existing problems, remodels are often more complicated than new builds. That's a really good point. They are. One challenge of, of charging by construction costs is that those costs may not be fully known by the time you're shopping for an architect. True. So we do fixed fee contracts typically, but again, I'm not going to give you a number during the meeting. I, it's only fair that I have a day or two to think about it. Uh, back to the article, square foot billing. Some architects charge by the square foot. Again, this rate varies considerably. And again, the price will be hard to pin down in the early stages. If your project is small, say a kitchen reconfiguration, the square foot costs will need to be high enough to make it worth the architect's time. Uh, combination fees and fixed fees. Some architects combine methods, charging hourly until plans established and then charge by the square foot. Other, others calculate a fixed fee for the whole project as a whole. Us, good architects, F9 Productions, hire us. A fixed fee gives you the advantage of knowing exactly what you'll be paying. But make sure you know from the outset exactly what the fee covers. That is exactly right. And then they say, this will be spelled out in the contract. And if you're looking at a good contract like ours, it will be uh, graphically uh, shown in the contract. If it's all written garbage from the AIA, it's probably not going to be clear. It'll probably scare you, and it should. Signing the contract. When you decide to hire an architect, you'll need to sign the contract, obviously. The contract will typically include the scope of work, what services the architect will provide, the schedule for the project and how much the architect will be paid and when. Um, check to see if the fee you're paying includes the cost of drawing up plans or whether you'll have to hire a separate draftsperson. That sounds crazy to me. Uh, if, if, if you're doing it right, you should be finding an architect that's a one-stop shop. Okay. Uh, goes on to say, uh, this step can account for up to half your overall design cost, 800 to 2,800. The other thing too, is I want you to consider if, if that architect isn't drafting their own stuff, think about the quality control issue. It's like telephone. If you remember the game telephone from when you were a kid, uh, what one person says at the beginning is vastly different from what they say at the end. Not good. Site surveys, 3d modeling, and other services might incur additional costs. Make sure also that you understand how design revisions will affect the architect's fee or whether a certain number of revisions are included. The contract also specifies who owns the plans typically. It's the architect. That won't be a concern unless you and the architect part ways before the project is completed. In that case, you'll want to know if you have the right to modify existing plans and complete the house on your own with uh, or with another architect. Okay, so now let's say you went through all of that. You've signed the architect. What should you expect? More residential architects follow a similar path when designing or remodeling homes. The following steps are typical. Preliminary design phase. This usually begins with an initial consultation to determine the client's needs along with a site visit. From the architect, from that the architect can draw up a written program, the goals of the project, and develop rough sketches to confirm the general size and layout. Then, then there's the design development. With the client's approval, the architect will then add details to the design, continuing to consult with the client on materials, trim, and other features. Computer modeling may be used to help both the architect and client guide the project as it develops. Computer modeling better be used, I'm telling you. The architect may help in obtaining permits. The architect should help you in obtaining permits. If they aren't, they're not a good architect, I'm here to tell you. Uh, calling in consultants and construction engineers are needed. They will need consultants and structural engineers. All right, they're not engineers by profession mechanical, electrical, plumbing, structural, civil. Uh, documentation. The architect's office will produce detailed blueprints. They're not blueprints. Construction documents that can be presented to building officials and to contractors to obtain estimates for the work. Um, financing tip. 
I'm not going to go over that. Securing a contractor. Armed with a complete with complete plans, the architect can help you obtain a contractor by meeting with builders interested in the job and answering questions about the project. They may, they may also recommend builders they've worked with, but ultimately the choice is up to you. Construction administration. As the project progresses, your architect should be on hand to answer questions, resolve design issues, provide additional drawings as needed, and approve payments to the contractor. This, that's not always true. I just want to let you know. So construction administration is not always performed by architects for single family homes or anything like that. So some, even some multifamily stuff. Really, that's up to you, the homeowner, if you want to go above and beyond and have somebody cross-check the contractor's work. I'm not saying it's a bad bad idea. I think it's an excellent idea. But just don't let this, arc, this article fool you into thinking this is standard. It's not. Uh, the job at this point is to make sure everything goes literally according to plan and to help resolve issues when they don't. Okay. One of the last things here is <clears throat> it says help your architect help you and save money. Once you've signed on with an architect, there are things you can do to make sure your project turns out just as you want to. Above all, be available. Review drawings and material suggestions promptly. Be decisive. If you're having trouble with a decision, let your architect know. He or she may have information or strategies that can help break the logjam. Ask questions. The better you understand the design when it's on paper, the less likely you'll be unpleasantly surprised at construction time. Speak up. If there's an aspect of the design you don't like, it's much easier to enlarge a closet or move a hallway when it's on paper than after it's framed. Architects will tell you that the more engaged their client is, the better the results. Successful architect, successful projects don't just happen. Finding the right person to help you bring your vision to life is an investment in not only your, prop, your property, but your happiness and satisfaction occupying it. So uh, the other thing I think that you should do, is, so help your architect help you, your architect also needs to help you, and this is where I would point to a, another video series that um, you can follow in this uh, playlist on YouTube that I'm making right now, uh, and that is How to Read Plans is the next video. And so has your architect showed you how to read the plans? Then how to read floor plans and how to read elevations and sections. Again, if the AIA was doing their job, maybe they would have some kind of literature some kind of video series that would help the common homeowner um, or building owner understand how to read the architectural drawings that your architect is putting together for you. So I hope this video was helpful. Uh, if you like this video, check out those other two videos that I just mentioned. Um, they will be in a playlist here on YouTube. It's called uh, the second, the next video is how to read overall plans, then how to read floor plans and how to read elevations and sections. If you are a perspective, um, client of ours, you're listening to this podcast, feel free to contact us. Uh, go to our website, fill out the contact form, and we will be back in touch with you. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next episode.